0: Welcome to the Pitbox Podcast, I'm John Satori. Well, it was an absolute belter in Bahrain, wasn't it? Uh, Round one done and dusted, and what a race. I mean, it's really, as the saying goes, augers well for the rest of the season. Hamilton versus Verstappen. Uh, Bottas, well, you know, we'll go into what happened with Valtteri Bottas, but he got up onto the podium. Uh, We're going to be looking at, uh, of course, a few other interesting things that happened across the weekend, not just what happened in the race, but obviously in qualifying as well. Going to get uh, Jimbo on. He's going to dissect what happened with Ferrari this weekend. Uh, They had a decent old weekend, but considering where they were on the starting grid, they'll probably be a little bit disappointed. Uh, in all honesty, anyway, we're going to be talking about that and uh, a whole lot more, lots of opinions coming up on this week's pit box podcast. Yeah. So round one in the desert, it was, as I was saying, just an absolutely brilliant way to start uh, the 2021 season. Yep, we were supposed to be in Australia. Of course, it didn't happen. Doesn't really matter. I think uh, at the moment, the the most important thing is that we're racing and what a race we had. Um, You know, it, overall, it was a, an incredible weekend as far as qualifying is concerned that, that you know, that, that the Red Bull was so true. Uh, with their pace, uh, there was always a bit of concern that what they uh, what they showed in testing wasn't quite going to be uh, replicated once we got to the race weekend, and the Mercedes were going to just ramp it back up and we we're back to square one uh, as we've been as far as having fantastically competitive and and exciting races. Not to say that we haven't had exciting races, we have, but you know where Lewis Hamilton is really challenged, and we've now got a second team, a car that is definitely going to challenge. Mercedes. Uh, it certainly did on this track. Max Verstappen, he got pole position. Uh, Hamilton was alongside him on the uh, on the front row. Of the grid Bottas was uh, on the second row alongside Charles Leclerc. Ferrari had a great uh, return as well and a, a great start to their season. Although I'm sure that Ferrari and Leclerc were hoping for a a better result than what they got. Uh, Gasly as well, similarly, in the AlphaTauri. Great qualifying from him to finish in, uh, or to start rather in P5. Daniel Ricciardo, well, he got one over his teammate in qualifying. Didn't uh, happen to replicate that, unfortunately, in the race. We'll take a look at that as well. Uh, he started in P6 alongside, uh, team, uh, sorry, not uh, on the row ahead of his teammate, Lando Norris started uh, P7 alongside his ex-teammate, Carlos Sainz, who started in the Ferrari. Uh, Alonso did a great job, really ragged the hell out of that to Alpine, didn't he? And he started P9 alongside Lance Stroll. You know, the big loser, I suppose, from qualifying really was uh, Sebastian Vettel, as we know, uh, wave yellow flags, etc. Esteban Ocon as well will be Disappointed with his start to the season as well, not making it out of uh, Q1. Sebastian Vettel in the same uh, boat. Haas, well, no great surprise. Uh, Schumacher-Mazepin at the bottom, uh, or sorry, at the rear of the field, I should say. And as I say, no great surprise there considering what we know about the Haas and, and that they're not really focusing on this year and that it's more about next year. Uh, Nicholas Latifi had a, a decent qualifying, but once again, George Russell was able to get out of Q1 and into Q2, and he started off in uh, P15. That Williams looks to be a, a little bit better car. But, you know, Yuki Zenoda, everybody's been talking about him. Of course, we've got three rookies in the field, Mac, uh, Mick Schumacher, Nikita Mazepin, and Yuki Tsunoda. And I think I read somewhere someone saying that uh, Yuki is the best rookie we've had in years. I mean, that's a that's a mighty mighty statement he's he's great and uh, and it's also you know one of the guys who i really respect and, and and respect the opinion of and when they say something about a driver you really listen that's martin brundle and brundle saying you know, uh, describing Zunora having the car going sideways. I think it was in qualifying, or was it on on, on out lap or something? And he said that's the the car control. He said it was just amazing to see. And and when Brundle says stuff like that, you you really listen, and um, it's usually right on the money as well. So uh, you know, Zunora, AlphaTauri, they've got a uh, a great uh, a great rookie there this year, and that's going to be uh, keeping Pierre Gasly on his toes of course um and uh, gasly uh, you know he'll be disappointed to think that he finished down where he did after such a good qualifying up in P5 um but then in the uh, race uh he ended up down in uh, in 17th but that's still a, a that that team is going to be a threat for third you know mclaren uh, you are know, not going to have it uh, all their own way in in that fight for third Ferrari are definitely in that uh, in that battle and as our um, Alpha Tauri I I would say less so Alpine at the moment and we don't really know about Aston Martin do we They just didn't really get to show everything they've got but you just get that feeling that they are a little bit off the pace I mean if you look at you know the, this is last year's car and when you add that to Aston Martin it's actually 2019's car we saw the, the issues and we know about the issues that Mercedes had uh, getting that rear end stable that the the new cut out on the floor that's uh, uh, been brought in this year and the regulations to, to reduce downforce uh, and to make it a lot harder and I mean you know Lewis saying it was done deliberately to peg us back I think it was done with everybody in mind it, it's just you know their design which is not a high brake it's a, a flatter designed car they don't have that uh, lift at the back that's affecting their car a lot more and um uh, you know they're having trouble with it a big organization with them the amount of money behind them that they have in mercedes well aston martin are going to be finding the same even though we've got you know same budgets for everybody this year it's going to be difficult i think for aston martin we'll have to wait and see um but it wasn't a spectacular start to the weekend and i love the fact that aston martin are on the f1 grid as well So, always good to get another opinion, another viewpoint of how the first race of the 2021 season uh, unraveled, and of course, uh, got Jimbo here with me. Mate, um, it was a a pretty damn good start to to a season, wasn't it?
1: Super race, John. Super race. Can I just say also, it's great to be back. I've missed you, John. I've (laughs) missed our chats. I've missed our chats, and uh, it's lovely to be back, and just such an amazing way to start the season there was so much hope throughout testing uh certainly from my part I'm sure from yours as well that we were going to see you know could it be that we were going to see a real uh scrap and uh, I think based on the evidence of the first race I think we're going to have a good season
0: yeah it's um I mean look I I think we exchanged our predictions didn't we between us and I, I thought Max was going to get the win even though you you can never count mercedes out because of what's happened in the past 7 years but that you know he was oh so close to taking that race um and i and i say this in the right way but um you know on um uh what's the word uh you know uh, authentically if you like yeah. um and they were and they they're going to be an absolute it's going to be a cracking battle between those two particularly let alone if if perez can get himself up to speed in that red bull
1: yeah absolutely. Uh it was it was so close wasn't it? And I I'm kind of in my mind everyone's lauding Lewis for this incredible result and I kind of get why you know the strategy call the tire management that I'm kind of feeling like we're used to that from him now. That's just what Lewis does and you have to take your opportunities. You know whenever you get that chance that small little window of opportunity against Lewis you've got to take it and think you know just the the way that the whole thing played out with that uh, you know uh, max getting past him when he did and then having to let him back past it it was just a bit messy wasn't it um it was a shame because really he was a sitting duck at that point for max and max really should have won the race
0: yeah that's right and the thing is it you know that's going to be that continuing theme, uh, theme throughout the season where verstappen and, and and hamilton i don't think hamilton's going to always have it his, his way but um that's where we're going to i mean you know, something brundle said stuck in my head in, at the end there and he said you know he lewis should put that trophy towards the front of his trophy cabinet and to me And I know that's a lot of people are going to go, oh, don't say that about Lewis. But yeah, he had to fight for that one. He had Mm. to fight tooth and nail to get it. And so I completely agree with Brundle on that one. And it's not often that I disagree with Martin Brundle, to be very honest, because what he says has always got, you know, so much knowledge and experience and and, and, and he speaks the truth. But that was something that Lewis is going to have to continue to do throughout this season.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It's, um, well, Martin's right. I think, you know, you're going to have to... really, I guess, knuckle down this season with with that sort of heat from Max. Well, let's be honest. I mean, Max was quickest fairly comfortably for the majority of the weekend, wasn't he? Um, and it's not always necessarily going to go that way. There'll be certain, obviously, circuits maybe that suit the Merc, maybe slightly better. But um, yeah, if Lewis does win the championship this year after sustaining that sort of level of pressure throughout the season... Uh, that would be some feat because Max is going to be all over him like a rash, isn't he? Yeah,
0: And, and the other interesting thing with this, um, and it was brought up, I think, uh, I can't remember by who prior, but um, uh, in the commentary on the weekend, but something that you and I have talked about is that Lewis didn't have a rear, rear gunner to look after him, which is about mm. in a Bottas, because there was that 10 second gap, I uh, uh, sorry, 10 second um, uh, slow pit stop. Uh, that uh, the Bottas had, and all of a sudden he didn't have that protection. Uh, Lewis, that is, and of course Max didn't have the the backup of having the tail gunner of, of Sergio Perez because he was nowhere to be seen. He was you know started down in P eleven, so it really left those two Hamilton and Verstappen fighting at the front with no sort of team tactics interfering with um, with um, proceedings, and that I think is also a big part of why it was such a cracking race between those two.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, you know, Valtteri. Struck again with some pretty pretty bad luck, wasn't he? Um, He's
0: a magnet for bad luck in the Mercedes garage, <laughs> an absolute magnet.
1: I, I feel for him. I feel for him. But uh, you know, it's interesting. His comments after the race in uh, in uh, post race interviews were that he felt that they weren't uh, in terms of strategy for him. They weren't as aggressive as they they should or could have been. Um, but you know, the, the situation for Valtteri is that. He's. We've talked about it, haven't we? I just don't think he's he's not up to the job, and I feel for him a little bit because he's come up against, you know, quite possibly one of, if not the greatest of all time, and Mm. um, it must be cursing his uh, his luck. But yeah, look, if the season carries on in that sort of vein, uh, I think we're in for an absolute cracker, and it's something we all need really after a bit of, you know, this monotony, I suppose, of Mercedes and Lewis over the past few years. Uh, Look, much deserved, obviously they work outrageously hard as a team, clearly. Mm. And I think they're just massively up for any challenge, aren't they? But um, that Red Bull certainly looks quick. And with Max bit between his teeth, obviously it's going to be fantastic to watch. Let's hope we get a few more like that.
0: <laughs> I mean, I slightly disagree with you about Valtteri Bottas. He is up to the job of a number 2. There's no doubt he's a cracking yeah. number 2. <laughs> yeah,
1: great number 2. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, maybe
0: maybe the best. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, but yeah, and and no, I know it sounds disrespectful to him, but it's just they're a different class, aren't they, Hamilton and Verstappen? And that just shows I mean, Val, uh, you know, Valtteri just you know, is not often in the ball game when it comes to to, to beating Lewis Hamilton. It's just a, a different league.
1: Yeah, I think it takes. Um, they talk about generational talent, don't they? Certain you know, certain individuals come through and, and just have something extra. Lewis is that guy in his in his generation. Uh, the way he took it to Fernando at McLaren when he first joined, and you know all of these battles with relevant uh, other drivers that he's had over the years um and invariably come out on top of max is another one of those kids you know he's mm. just got it hasn't he max has got that x factor i hate to use that phrase but he's just got something there's a sparkle there that you feel that if there was one person that could really take it to lewis and beat him it would be someone like max in his uh, in his current situation so um, yeah, it's lovely to see from that point of view. I think there's a couple of other guys up and down the grid now, obviously who who will get that chance later on. But right now, you know, it's it's pretty hot between uh, between Lewis and Max. It's going to be fantastic to watch it develop over the season.
0: Now, now before we uh, we get uh, you to waffle on about Ferrari, um, <laughs> what else stood out for you uh, <laughs> in the race on the weekend?
1: Um, well, I think there's one real obvious standout um, for me: Yuki Tsunoda's performance over the weekend in general. Um, I just think as the kid, he's almost come in to uh, as a rookie under the radar a little bit because, number one, Mick Schumacher's there. And obviously Mick Schumacher, whether he you know can help it or not, comes with the huge fanfare and uh, of who his dad was. But also the fact he's coming in as the F2 champ. So massive story and massive news headlines about Mick going on. Massive news headlines for Mazapan for obviously reasons that we don 't need to go into specifically okay. right now, but everyone knows yeah. uh, obviously uh, what what he, you know, well what happened what what <laughs> whatever he is i don 't know, but uh, you know he hasn 't been grabbing the headlines for 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 the good reasons, and then Yuki comes in this five foot three or five foot four or something incredibly small little quiet Yuki sonoda creeps into the paddock. Uh, and then just goes and blows everyone away. What a performance in qualifying, in practice, uh, and in the race as well, um, scoring points on debut. So, um, yeah, for me, one of the, the standout uh, individuals of the whole weekend was Yuki.
0: Yeah, and I was saying uh, a little bit earlier that, um, you know, there are some saying that he's probably one of the best rookies of all time. I, I think it's a little bit too early to, to be making that sort of claim yet. But um, that, was, that was
1: Ross Braun, actually.
0: Oh, was it Braun, was it?
1: Yeah, unbelievably. He said he thinks he's the, uh, the, the best rookie to come into Formula 1 for many years. So uh, quite, a, That's quite a, statement.
0: a statement. It is, isn't it? I mean, it's not to say he's not very, very good and he's deserving his shot. Um, and he's had a really great first weekend. and He had a really good testing as well. But um, it is a, a big call to say he's the best ever as yet because, uh, you know, there's been some pretty decent rookies before him.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I would agree with you on that. And and also, he's kind of fallen on his feet a little bit with the car because that Alpha Tauri was quick last year and whatever they've done to it over winter, it does seem like the car has made steps forward as well. So if they can continue to develop that um he's got a good chance of scoring points fairly regularly i would say um so it's going to be really fun to watch um outside of that you know there's a couple of other bits and bobs there i mean you mentioned sergio perez uh, briefly there obviously he had an absolute shocker at the start didn't he where he had to effectively switch the car off and yeah. refire it up and you know the starting from the back it was an absolute disaster but if there's one thing Sergio's pretty handy at, that is driving through a pack. We've seen him do it before, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Um and he uh, he fought back admirably I thought back to uh, to finish fifth. Um I actually had him built as uh, as a podium finisher uh, in our little sweep that we were we were discussing, but mm. um I, I think there would have been a pretty strong chance of him nailing that as well um and potentially tackling Valtteri if he hadn't have had the problems at the start of the race. So um I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, get going, really. Bit of bad luck, obviously. Race one, but his his actual drive was superb. I thought.
0: Yeah, and and as you say, he's often you know d- d- done that where he he comes through the pack and um, to to get to fifth from where he started uh, yeah. was uh, was absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's obviously in a very quick car, if not the quickest car that's on the grid. So you'd expect him to be to be doing something along those lines anyway. But um, you know, I'm. It's just a shame we didn't get to see that head to head battle. On track between Verstappen and Perez because I still want to know how good Perez is because i do yeah. you know to be honest I'm using Max as the um as the ruler as you know the 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 uh, the, the standard if you like that we're setting him against and um I still not I mean sorry I'm not convinced sorry I shouldn't say that but I'm still looking forward to seeing where Perez is alongside someone like Max Verstappen because we know Max is ultra quick
1: yeah yeah it's gonna happen it's gonna happen it's just it's these all of these little subplots aren't there that are now. Bubbling away, um, and we're only one race in, and it's just really exciting to see how all of these sorts of little factors are going to play out over the course of the season. Sergio's good, you know, he's consistent, he's pretty solid. Had a bit of bad luck in race one. There will be a time where these two go, uh, you know, wheel to wheel. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, interesting one for you, obviously. Uh, McLaren, mm. you know, showed a lot of promise, lots of reliability in in the pre-season test. Uh, lots of talk about lando obviously having to um you know to really pull pull something out the bag to be to to manage daniel ricardo really didn't have a good start did he didn't have a good weekend at all he um he really struggled for for pace and just couldn't really find a rhythm in the car by the looks of it whereas lando was was on fire pretty much all weekend
0: yeah and their race pace you know was was better which was no great surprise but I, I thought they would have qualified better than where they did, which was um, sixth and seventh. Mm. Um, but uh, sorry, I'm just going to have a look at exactly what the the gap was. I mean, there was very little gap between them. Obviously, um, you know, it was uh, less than a hundredth of a second. I think I no, mean, it was at a one twenty nine nine two seven for Ricardo and a one twenty nine nine seven four. So, you know, it, it doesn't get too much closer than that. They're pretty evenly pegged. Um, but uh, and then there wasn't much between Gasly uh, up in 50s either, it was like in you know, a tenth of a second, but then that yeah. gap up to Leclerc. And, and you know, Leclerc great qualifying from him, you know, from comparing again to where we are with uh, we're talking about McLaren, it was a good two and a half tenths, three tenths of a second. So that's that's a great lap that's made the difference there in a car mm. that we're still unsure of how how quick it is. But anyway, getting back to Ricardo and Norris, yeah, you know, Ricardo. I think they were expecting more, as you say, because of the testing form they showed. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's what you score on the Sunday. And, you know, well done, Lando. That's uh, that's a great first blow to get over his teammate uh, in round one to finish fourth and, and have your teammate finish down in seventh.
1: Yeah, it was. It was uh, It was pretty comprehensive, I thought. And um, Lando just looked really eased, didn't he, as well? Um yeah. he looked really comfortable in the car he looked quick from the word go um and like you say a, a solid blow to start the season but look, it's a long way to go obviously Ricardo is a class actor we know that um we're gonna and see it's also him. i
0: suppose you know getting used to a different car different yeah. engine you know what i mean you, you got to give him a little bit of time to bet in if if this is still happening you know five or six races in then then we're you know we'll probably have a different opinion.
1: Yeah, no, I think you're right. He was uh, he was talking actually about uh, the, so the, the intricacies, obviously, about learning the new car, the new power unit in particular, how it drives, uh, throttle, uh, you know, um, cent- uh, p- pickup and things like that. You've got it's going to take him time to get that. He's not really at one with that car yet. Whereas to Lando, I suppose, obviously, he you know, fits like a glove. So um, and that,
0: yeah, and, will- and if if that is the case, of course, then Ricardo's done really well. To, to be on pace with him in, in qualifying at the very least, you know, be less than a 10th of a second difference between them, I mean, ahead of um, Lando, but then, you know, to be not that too far behind in the race, he's still done. Okay. But yeah, there's lots of, um, lots to be proven yet and lots to be played out yet. Sorry.
1: For sure. For sure. Um, what about,
0: what we what are we talking
1: about here with Aston Martin? Where's, <laughs> where, where, what's happened there? There's um, Moments mm. of, Real positivity in in testing. But then obviously they had this reliability niggles and a few bits going on there. Uh, And for Seb, you know, to be in a situation of of having possibly the worst weekend he's had for the last two or three seasons. And no one would believe that I'd be saying that or you'd be saying that after what happened with Ferrari last year. Mm. Um, You know, it was, well, I mean, it was disastrous.
0: Yeah, it, it's and that's the thing is that we still don't really know where Aston Martin. I was saying earlier about you know that that group of sort of the best of the rest, which is at the moment still probably being led by McLaren. You got Ferrari and Tauri in there, um, and and Alpine are probably a little bit off that, but only because we don't know where Aston Martin sit because we haven't really seen um, what they can do. And, and unfortunately, I don't think in the hands of Lance Stroll we're seeing what it can do. In the hands of Vettel, yes, but. Um, you know, we didn't get that on the weekend, although, you know, um, where did he end up finishing? He finished up in, uh, where is he? Oh, it's the 15th. Yeah. So it wasn't a, a great weekend at all for them. So we just haven't seen what they, what they are capable of, but it's a two-year-old car. And that was my point earlier. It's a two-year-old car. And if yeah. Mercedes are having trouble getting to, to grips with the rear end of their car, with the new regulations and the new floor cutout, um, which is reducing that, uh, that rear end grip, if they're having trouble with last year's car, then what sort of trouble are, are Aston Martin having <laughs> with a two-year-old Mercedes?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, fair point, fair point. Um, it's going to be, you know, if it carries on like this, it's going to be a hell of a long season for those two. Um, that's going to be miserable. And and I'll be, you know, I'll be honest, I can't see, if Seb has another mare like he did last year, I can't see why he would want to carry on. That project has got to have some pretty big, uh, you know, uh, promises in terms of what they're going to give him for 22 obviously with the new regs et cetera, for him to really hang around i think he probably will for that very reason but yeah. why would you want to be there just trundling around at the back obviously having having problems like that for for sebastian i think he's probably a bit too proud for that so hopefully but, things pick up for them
0: but yeah. as you say you know next year's car is different if, if next year's car with the new regs is not putting him in a position any better than where he is at the moment, then I can see him at the end of 2022 going, you know, I'm not going to hang around for this any longer. Um, Not that he's that long in the tooth. We've got a 40-year-old Fernando Alonso trundling around, but I just can't see Vettel being bothered with it. Um, You know, so, yeah, it's going to be... I mean, I think next year is more crucial to to what his future is. And um, if Aston Martin aren't able to produce a car that's at least this good well sorry at least as good as what the performance they had last year (laughs) then, then they're in trouble of okay we need to get another driver so there might be an option there for Perez to come back but wouldn't that be funny
1: Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, (laughs) he certainly sounds like he's got something lined up next year already, doesn't he? Because of this one-year deal at Red Bull. So,
0: Mm, yeah. um, Okay. So on to your favourite topic, uh, which is Mm. Ferrari. Um, I was saying earlier, you know, Leclerc, great qualifying from him. Um, uh, Carlos, uh, he uh, uh, qualified in P eight. So, I mean, again, it's one of those situations where I think I was saying in the first part of the podcast last week looking forward to seeing these drivers and seeing exactly how good they are against very good drivers because we know Leclerc is we know that Verstappen is we know that Hamilton is and Ricardo, we know how the quality of those guys and to see where Carlos Sainz stacks up against uh, Charles Leclerc
1: yeah absolutely um, I think Carlos has settled in really nicely um, I think those two clearly have a fairly good relationship but it was uh, you know Charles that kind of Rose to the fore, didn't he, in qualifying, uh, putting in an outstanding lap, really, given, as you pointed out earlier on, we don't really know where the Ferrari is yet, Mm. because there's been moments where we've seen sort of elements of performance and we've gone, actually, they certainly made some big progress here. But at the same time, then obviously race time comes along and it's like he makes a great move on Bottas. Uh, to to get him and sneak up to third on the first lap, and then all of a sudden it's kind of like, well, Lando's coming closing him down, and so on and so forth. And it's yeah, the Ferrari didn't look like it had that ultimate pace that, that could genuinely challenge for a podium, which is where you want them to be for for me anyway. Yeah. Um, at least so oh, I, I
0: get it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> I know you
1: did. Know you didn't, you didn't did. have to put that uh, uh,
0: <laughs> that clarification oh. in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty clear. Um, Carlos, as I said, I think he settled in really nicely. Um, I think he, I think he did pretty well. He had a really strong end to the race, didn't he? Um, mm. He admitted himself he was a little cautious at the start, and I think that was just. It's my first race in red. Uh, I want to get this home at the end of the day. I don't want to do anything. I'm not going to pull any heroics, like you've mentioned. Obviously, with Daniel's situation, there's still a lot to learn with the car. Um, so yes, it's going to take him a little while to settle in, but I think um, I think he will he will be there or thereabouts. If they, if they've got a car that can challenge for a podium at some point this season, uh, I think that you know you're going to see a, a, a pretty big scrap between him and Carlos because I think Charles potentially has more just one lap outright speed and that raw kind of pace, but um, Carlos's race pace and his kind of race craft is very very um cultured isn't it? He's now he's mm. just he gets the job done uh, come Sunday. So it's gonna be really, really interesting. I'm quite excited obviously because anything was going to be more exciting than their performance last year. Um,
0: but would you sorry difficulty. would you say with, with Carlos, I mean I know this is you know again this sounds disrespectful, but do you think he's just a very, very good solid number two? I albeit probably a quicker number two than Bottas. But you know what I mean? That's that's what he's there for?
1: Um i don't know i don't know i mean the way that things went for charles with the seb situation obviously clearly seb wasn't getting on with the car and it was like well charles is going out and getting results he's getting race wins as he did which you know was phenomenal um do ferrari have a number one is charles kind of the prince of Maranello? quite possibly i can't understand look you get that phone call and ultimately most people are going to bite your hand off, right? Yeah. You know, Carlos oh, yeah. got that phone call. Do you want to come and drive for Ferrari? Um, yes, of course he did. I don't think that Carlos is going to necessarily put up with being a forced number two. Yeah, I think he will push back on that. I think he will want to show what he's capable of because it's this, this guy is not, you know, average Joe. This guy's good. This guy's really good. And he has the potential to win races in the right car. I think we know that. so, how it plays out from here is going to be very dependent on how uh, quickly the relationship potentially sours between him and Charles, because if they are in a situation where he's been told to stay behind, you know, we've seen it before time and time again, obviously, uh, you know, don't, 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 don't go past him. Let's maintain position, et etc. et cetera. I think he's going to really struggle with that. He's got that fiery temperament. I think he has a little bit of that inside him, given his, uh, you know, uh, where, where he's from in the world and, I don't believe that he's going to be able to just sit back and play the dutiful number two. I don't and, think. And can. of
0: course, that, that that then puts him at odds with the team more so than than Leclerc as well, isn't it? And that's where the whole Ferrari issue starts to. Well, you know, the whole the, the problems that Ferrari encounter a lot of the time with their drivers. That's where it all starts, isn't it? Because they peg yeah. at number one driver, and you then get a, a guy who's like, hold on. I mean, you know, you're saying I'm not the number two, but you're actually pretty much treating me like that. Okay, I may not be as quick every day as the guy on the other side of the garage, but I'm still really, you know, a a a, a good, fast, race-winning, capable driver, but yeah. you're stopping me from doing that, and that then creates the bad blood, and it's sort of where they can't really have that. I just don't think they should be, you know... And they they haven't, have they? They haven't come out and said, oh, yeah, you're a number one, but they didn't say that about Schumacher and Rubens Barrichello either, did they?
1: No, but if that was the case this time around, I do think there has been a little bit of a cultural shift in the team. I don't think it's quite as ruthless and black and white as, as that still or now compared to back in those days because there's no way Michael Schumacher was going to turn up to Ferrari and be told, well, you know, we're, you're you're racing on an equal an equal plane. That's just never going to happen, right? He went there to... Uh, to, to have a, a unit built around him because he had that drive. He had that knowledge. He had the, the, the ability to go and win the world championship with Ferrari. And, anyone going in there who thought differently was, was a fool, quite frankly in this particular situation I do think as I said the culture has shifted a little bit for, I don't think it's quite as old school as it used to be uh, the organisation has grown up a little bit and if they were going to go down that route why would you take a proven I know I know, this sounds a little bit contradictory, why would you take someone who is a proven point scorer and someone that clearly has the ability to go and win races if they give him the right car because all it's going to do is rock the boat. If they were going to do that and say, oh, by the way, Carlos, Charles is number one, so just know your place... I just think it would be a ridiculous move because all it does is create problems for the whole team straight away and it causes problems between the drivers and it causes adverse media and the but, comments But, and but, the but isn't
0: isn't that exactly the point is that you've got a proven race uh, sorry a point scorer in Carlos you know you've got that guy who is going to get the team points and that's what the Ferrari in the end are all about and saying right okay we need a guy who's going to consistently get points who's going to keep his nose clean which Carlos does most of the time you know what I mean and he's that good very good backup that he's always there and he's always scoring the points because that's a sort of a solid point scoring driver that he is
1: yes yes I know and, and I get what you're saying and that's kind of why I was mentioned it's you know it is a little bit contradictory but the problem is has Carlos Sainz been given this seat at a point where he's very early on in his F1 career so he'll just do it and do what he's told no has he been given this seat at the kind of twilight of his f1 career carlos Sainz still has a huge amount to achieve you don't think carlos gets in the car and goes well i might never win a world title but at least i drove for ferrari he doesn't want to he doesn't care about that he wants to win races he wants to win a world championship he has got the burning fire inside him so it's great that he can come in and score points but he's not going there himself to score points he's going there to win Hmm. Um, and if that means rocking the boat, I don't think he's going to have any issue doing that whatsoever because otherwise if that, you know, if that's what they wanted from him, they might as well have got someone, uh, maybe a bit more seasoned who didn't mind playing second fiddle would won a world championship, you know, or a total rookie because uh, the rookie's the risk obviously, because you're going to have problems potentially with mistakes and errors and points being lost, but you, you, you can't have someone in that seat who's basically desperate to, to win races and win a world championship at some point in his career and tell them to play number two. It's just a ridiculous decision to make,
0: surely. No, true. But, you know, you're not going to, if, if you want to, you know, someone who is a, a good point scorer for the team, is always that good backstop, if you like, um, you know, then you, you need to find someone who's got that, you know, you're always going to find someone like that, aren't you? You're not going to find someone who goes, oh, well, I'm only a number two because, you know, Bottas will be, you know, he's pretty much in the same situation. Um, but, uh, and, and you know and uh, yeah he doesn't go there thinking oh, I'm just going to be the number two he wants to win races he he wants to prove himself against you know the best that there are at the moment you know between Leclerc Hamilton and Verstappen that's that's your three best in the field um, mm. you know what I mean that those are the three standout drivers I think probably a little bit more uh, you know ahead of everybody else you know including Ricardo um, you know Alonso well only because he's you know just come back you know what I mean there's no one else in the field for mine that really fits into that. That top three bracket. So he wants to prove himself against those guys, and he's not going to go. Okay, well, as long as I'm scoring points, then that's the main thing. But mm-hmm. it may end up being that that's what he, that's what he becomes. Which is still, I can understand why. You know, you're still going to go to Ferrari if you get the phone call. You you still do it. But it just may end up. I hope it's not. But I just you know, it may end up being a bit of a frustrating two years for him if it sort of plays out like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then where does I leave him? You yeah. know what? Are, what is, what are the, well, the seating situations look like in two years? It's obviously hard to say at the moment. But, but, but I think
0: it does good. It does his stocks very good, though. You know what I mean? He, you know, if you've driven as a, you know, if you've driven for Ferrari, and even if you are sort of known as you know the number two driver at Ferrari, you're still, a, you know, you don't go to a Ferrari unless you're a damn good driver. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and,
1: and, and I mean, you retain you know almost uh, religious levels of. Uh, of um, what's the word? Um, just his, he's like you say, his stock will never yeah. be it, rubbish, it, right? As a result of this, you know, you get the chance to go and drive for Ferrari, you become a bit of a legend in itself, anyway. So,
0: well, that's right. And, and you know, depending on what happens in the future, as far as who, which teams, you know, get the best and do the best uh, with the regulations for next year, you know, you, it may not be Mercedes that are at the top, it might be Red Bull, and, you know, he can always go back there. You know what I mean? So, it, it's certainly not done him any damage going there. F- absolutely not but I just worry that you know you get to the point where if you've got a driver who's just that little bit better than you and again you know you look at the Hamilton Bottas or you know the Hamilton Rosberg situation and it was always Mm. that you know Hamilton was just that bit better than Rosberg and of course it really cheesed him off because he didn't want to be a number two um and you end up sort of you know a bit disenchanted with it but anyway um you know, it's it's great to say. I mean, and again, you know, he still did a damn good job. He ended up in what P eight. Uh, quali, about half a second down on um, Leclerc's quali time, but still did pretty well in the in the race. And again, you know, like Ricardo, first time in the Ferrari in a race condition, and you know, he ends up uh, ends up P eight, which is where he started. So you know, he's done everything I think that he could possibly do.
1: Yeah, good. a good first job, and, uh, you know, as I said, he wanted to bring it home, didn't he didn't mean, isn't it? This was not a time for heroics or trying to set the world on fire, was it? He just wanted to, to have a nice, clean race, which he did, so.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, I mean, we'll probably go into a more of a detailed um, race preview on Imola uh, next week, but um, I was saying on Twitter, and I think um, uh, you uh, you made a mention of it, that, my, you know, I love Imola and everything that it represents and the history of the place, but... It was the most disappointing of the new races for me um, last year, and uh, particularly after what we just saw in the desert, which was an absolute belter of a race. Um, yeah. You know, I, my concern is that we're going to have a race that was underwhelming. That's going to be underwhelming the same way we had an underwhelming one, you know, um, um, last year. Your mm, thoughts?
1: I think Formula One has just outgrown him hasn't it? Um, um, uh, you know, there's a lot, lots of people have mentioned this, week and we talked about it. A lot last year, in terms of the, these cars now, um, you know, they just eat a circuit like Emily alive, which is so sad because it's just such a magic place, isn't it? But, um, yeah, Ooh, I think Chef, to...
0: Chef Wayner was saying that he's probably at the moment um, getting all his um, brownies and burgers up in the Cotswolds uh, <laughs> organised. Absolutely. Um, well, but I, I think he mentioned that. He to one of those. Right, absolutely. Uh, it's a shame he doesn't deliver to London, huh?
1: Yeah, I have questioned this as well. <laughs> For those of you who are foodies, and uh, I would certainly put, uh, myself in that bracket and probably you john as yep. well you like like a good feed don't you oh
0: yeah
1: well this this <laughs> situation i tell you what we, we don't want to go on too much of a tangent but chef Weiner, we need you to deliver to us this has just <laughs> got to happen so when if you're
0: listening which i'm sure you are just get this get some deliveries to yeah. us you know we're your f1 buddies Cots, cotswold <laughs> burger and brownies if you're wondering what it is um but yeah I and mean, he was saying that yeah it, it, the cars are just a bit too big it's just you know f one's as you, as you were saying is, is sort of outgrown him unfortunately
1: yeah it has it has um, but look le- still nice to go back there there's a good vibe there last year wasn't there so we'll see what happens but um, well ricardo
0: uh, got a, got 3rd there last year it was a, one of his podiums and um but it was a mercedes um uh, top top 2 steps hamilton then bottas uh, it was a good result for danny kvyat too uh, in the Alpha Tauri. So again, if you're looking at sort of the form from last year's cars, because they're still reasonably the same, um, then you you're thinking that Renault might be okay. I don't think that Alpine's gonna be as good as what the Renault was last year, but the Alpha Tauri certainly is.
1: Yeah, no I think it is. I think the avatars make great steps. Um, mm. so let, let's see what let's see what Yuki does there. But um, I think there was a bit of uh, there was a bit of uh, virtual safety car uh, you know advantage mm. taken from uh, a tire management point of view for Kvyat last year but still he yeah. took the chance. You know they said these things happen and fair play to him at the time. Um it's yeah it's going to be fun to see especially as you know this uh, we've already talked about it so much but i i'm i'm desperate to see how this max lewis situation pans out as well so um uh yeah roll on two weeks time
0: yeah and uh, of course it's a uh, 21 race season the aussie grand prix gets uh, pushed back to november which by all accounts, should be happening by the time um, we get there because of the whole vaccine situation, whether or not the ones in in Europe are going to... and I mean, obviously, the races are going to go ahead. I'm talking about having guests... Yeah, um, and in you know, a fans. You know, as there was in in uh, Bahrain. And of course, that was a great thing for Lewis to point out too, wasn't it? That he was saying it's great to see fans back in the stands, <laughs> and it really was. You know, just that we're sort of getting back to some sort of normality. We we were talking about this before we came on air, so to speak. Um, that you know, everybody's pretty much over <laughs> a long time ago the, the same monotony that we're all going through at the moment. So to have what was just a fantastic race, but also to see people in the stands. We can just uh, look forward to that happening more throughout the, throughout this year.
1: Yeah, certainly it was good. Good old Lewis, but good bit of positive PR as usual from him, uh, calling, uh, calling out the fans and, uh, saying thanks for being there. And it was nice to be racing in front of them. So, um, let's just hope that that continues, you know, it's still, Plenty of issues with this COVID situation across Europe. And we, we we would hope that that starts to calm down. We'll see from a, from a Brit point of view, we're looking pretty sound. You know, we're going I think we're fairly confident we're going to have some fans there and uh, at Silverstone and also in football stadiums and the like uh, as the months roll on. But um, it was certainly nice to, to see some fans there cheering the drivers on, you know.
0: And it's also going to be interesting, I mean, with, with Imola, um, you know, whether or not that's, what sort of car is that going to suit? Uh, what you know, and and as we roll on, because obviously you know we've we normally test in Barcelona and that's a a great uh, circuit to test on because it gives you a uh, sort of a great variety of all the corners and all the straights and that sort of thing, a great representation of of all the circuits that we go to. But we didn't really have that in Bahrain because Bahrain's not that sort of circuit. So, you know, so is that a a circuit that's just going to suit uh, Mercedes and Red Bull? Uh, You know, how will they do at Imola and, 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 you know, uh, the other circuits throughout the rest of the season? So, um, but of course, you know, we've got, Two races in April, Imola is, as I say, coming up in a couple of weeks, and then Portugal as well.
1: Yeah, Portugal. Really excited to see Portugal back on the calendar. It was a thrilling race last season. I think the cars look outrageous there, and really the total opposite of of Imola, Imola, sadly, isn't it? We we talked about the cars massively outperforming Imola, uh, and then they come to a circuit... Uh, like the the one at Portimao, and all of a sudden they just look like they are fighter jets, don't they? So, uh, yeah, buzzing to see that back on the calendar again.
0: Yeah, it's it's the polar opposites, isn't it? I think, unfortunately, for Imola, it wasn't, I mean, apart from sort of the final stages, but um, it really was a, not a great whole overall great Grand Prix weekend, um, whereas Portugal was just on fire.
1: It was. There were some mega moves, uh, some really good storylines from Portugal as well. So, um, yeah, that's going to be very cool. Um, so, well, let's let's just hope that things uh, continue in the same vein. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's been a great start and then we're just itching for more now.
0: We certainly are. All right, mate, uh, thanks for that. We'll uh, catch up with you next week uh, when we take a look at our uh, Imola preview and look forward to catching up with you then.
1: Can't wait, John. Thanks very much.
0: Yeah, so there we go, and uh, we'll catch up with Jimbo again in a couple of weeks' time, and, and uh, we we'll might try and see if we can squeeze on old Chef Wainer as well. Um, but th- there we go, that's the Pitbox podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and uh, if you do and you uh, would like to tell other people about it, please do subscribe, give us some like stars whatever it is on your favourite platform whether it be Spotify or, or elsewhere uh, we enjoy doing it and of course if you'd, if you'd really like to have an opinion on something if you'd like to uh, to air an opinion on something with regard to F1 we're always open for that so make sure you do uh, get in touch either via Twitter uh, or Instagram at Pitbox Podcast or at Adorey Media um, but yeah that's it, look forward to doing it all again in a couple of weeks when we go to Imola